This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome to the Chromecast, the official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. Today's episode of the Chromecast is brought to you by Visor. Do you manage your school district's Chromebooks? If you were tasked with getting hundreds or thousands of Chromebooks ready for students this summer, you'll want to listen to this. Visor is a Chromebook and IT asset management software solution designed specifically for school districts. Visor seamlessly integrates with the Google Admin Console and your student information system, including PowerSchool. With Visor, you can easily see which student has which Chromebook, manage repairs, and even automate disabling lost or stolen devices while notifying parents all in one click. To see how Visor can help your school better manage Chromebooks, go to visor.cloud slash unbox. That's V-I-Z-O-R dot cloud slash unboxed, or just click the link in the show notes. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. Today, we have an interview with Naveen Viswanatha, who is the Chrome OS product lead for the commercial team at Google. And we had an awesome conversation. We talked about kiosks and signage and just kind of general enterprise stuff. We talked about what else here? We talked about virtualization, uh, all kinds of cool stuff. So without any further ado, here's my interview with Naveen. All right, Naveen, thanks so much for uh, thanks for so much for joining on an episode of the Chromecast. We appreciate you taking some time to chat with me. I'm super excited. Thanks a lot, Joe. Chromecast, I like that. <laughs> yeah, the Chromecast. You know, we thought it was like a little, you know, it's got a little pun a little in there. Cheeky, I don't know. Clever. It's a little, yeah, yeah, a little cheeky. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It did make it. It, it did make it difficult. Uh, if I'm gonna be honest, it made it a little difficult to promote because people. We had to put podcast. <laughs> The Chromecast. Otherwise, you're just you, you got to space them out. You're just doing marketing podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> then we're just we're just sending people to go yeah. buy Chromecast, which is which is great too. Yeah. Amazing product, but yeah, as far as promoting the podcast, it did make it a little difficult. <laughs> but we love it. We we're sticking to it. We're not changing now. We're too far nice. in. So on on YouTube, we just added podcast on there. So we always tell everybody just add podcast on it. You'll hopefully get to us. So, uh, but no, seriously though, I do take I, I do really appreciate you taking some time to chat. You said you've been traveling and everything, and um, it's 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 always 
always awesome to catch up with somebody from Google and to hear about the cool projects you're working on. So, so tell folks that are listening or watching, like what, 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 uh, what are some things you've been working on? What's your role? Um, what are some of the things you're passionate about, uh, the work you're doing with Google? Yeah. So I've been on the uh, Chrome OS team for about, uh, seven years. Wow. It's a longer time than I would have thought. Uh, it goes by <laughs> like that. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I actually started on the education team. So uh, for about, uh, you know, say, four and a half of those seven years, I joined uh, the team to focus on education and education products. And uh, that was quite the ride. I joined at a time when um, Chromebooks were just kind of making their way into education. We just kind of seen product market fit and um, worked on a bunch of really cool projects uh, to really help drive Chrome OS to be, uh, you know, kind of the gold standard in education now. I think we're up to about 50 million uh, students worldwide in K-12 using using Chromebooks. And that was, it was yeah, it was, it was a ton of fun. Um, and about two and a half years ago, maybe three years ago, um, I had the privilege of starting to focus more on education, or no, sorry, enterprise, move away from education and, and um, starting to focus on enterprise. And when we mean enterprise, we don't just mean large businesses. It's kind of just a, a, an umbrella term that means Chrome OS for businesses, small, medium, large businesses of any kind, really. And so I've been doing that for the last uh, three years or so. And um, I focus primarily on what we're starting to lean into our industry solutions. And uh, I look after contact center, I look after virtualization, and uh, something that we're really excited about just recently announced this last week, uh, digital signage and kiosk. And so these are solutions that we're bringing to market, uh, really focusing on an end-to-end solution that any buyer can look at and say, look, I want to get Chromebooks or Chrome boxes or Chrome OS devices for my business, and I want to get them for a specific use case. And I want to know that everything's just going to work from hardware to peripherals, to the operating system, to the software that's running on top of it. And so that's what the solution area focus is really about, is to really ensure that for these segments, that we have an end-to-end solution that we can bring to customers and they can feel confident in, in, in adopting. That's amazing. We're, we're going we're gonna to dig into some of these. That's, 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 uh, that's really cool stuff. The, uh, the switch from, from enterprise, or I'm sorry, from education to enterprise, we've yeah, I was just telling you we just had a we just had a a, a previous interview with uh, with Andy Andy Russell and had a great chat about about EDU. You know what what were like some of the similarities or some of the differences as you you transitioned from those two teams because like we you know these are two like we obviously we cover the big consumer side of stuff like we we are we're, we we cover a lot of hardware we cover a lot of just software and services, you know, that that side of things, new features that are coming to Chrome OS. We're really, really interested in these these other parts of Chrome OS that are powering so many things right behind the scenes. They're, they're powering education, they're powering enterprise, and delivering super simple solutions in those spaces, right? Like, so... so this is the way we roll. I told you uh, the the questions can sometimes just kind of roll uh, as we as we chat here. So, as you were kind of transitioning between those teams, like what um, what was that like? What, what, what were you? What was the what was that transition like for you? And and what or, or like what was the what was the driving motivation? Was there was there something in enterprise that you saw that you were really interested in, or a project that you wanted to pursue, or um, you know, different different opportunity or whatever? Yeah, it's, so it's a great question. Um, 
I mean, to be blunt, it was quite jarring. These, these are these are the old, old main commonality between enterprises, businesses, and schools is that um, there's a central buyer. Outside of that, uh, the users are different. The the uh, uh, stakeholders are different. Um, IT definitely is the similarity point between the two, um, but there are many, many, many differences there. And so we really, I really had to um, re rewire my brain to really understand who and what IT decision makers in small, medium, large businesses care about. Um, also, as we move into these solution areas, a lot of times we're, we're, we're trying to appeal more and more to the business buyer. In a contact center, uh, historically, most organizations don't think about the endpoint, the device. They're thinking, you know, if, you, if you're on the business side, you're you're thinking about the CRM application that you have. You're thinking about the contact center management application that you have. All everything that makes up the agent desktop. What can we do to make it more appealing for that that business user to say, I want a I want a Chromebook or a Chromebox because it's just going to make my organization more secure, more productive, easier to manage. And so um, that was a bit of a mentality shift. And um, the other big thing I would say too is that when when we were in educate when I was focusing on education. The strategies also got to be very different. In education, we were replacing notebooks and textbooks. In business, we're largely replacing incumbent platforms that are already there. And so the the, the strategy and the tactics in terms of how you got to think about that, um, both from a product and go-to-market perspective, uh, are, are vastly different. But nevertheless, I actually have a background in enterprise. I, um, I was in what was previously called Google Enterprise, now Google Cloud, uh, for many years. And they're the early days of Google Apps, what we used to call Google Apps for Enterprise, so uh, what's now called Workspace. And so I do have that enterprise background, and so I was very keen on, on re-engaging and seeing how, you know, how far SaaS and businesses had evolved since I left that space and then you know, moved to education and back into, into the enterprise and business space. Yeah, I, I, I just... As you were kind of telling me a little bit of your background, I, I thought that would be interesting to to kind of share some of that. So thank you, like that transition from education to enterprise and these differences and these kind of little bit of different mentalities. I've told I've told so many people doing these interviews here recently that uh, I love doing these these podcast interviews because I'm educating myself too. I'm like I'm we're 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 diving into these two new kind of areas for us that that enterprise and education that that we have covered. You know, we write articles about them. We we put the news out. Uh, but we just don't necessarily uh, we don't have a super deep understanding of them. Uh, and so but I did imagine there would be those there would definitely be those uh, differences between the two. So let's talk a little bit about um, some of the work you're doing now and, and, and specifically this kiosk uh, announcement that you all have. Like, you know, some some people might not think about Chrome OS powering a, a kiosk and why that even matters. So so tell tell folks a little bit about this announcement and why you all are investing time and energy into this. Yeah, I think it'll help to also get a little bit of, of, of context because I think as you kind of mentioned, Chrome OS for kiosks and signage, like is, is that seems kind of maybe a jarring shift from what we historically focus on, which is end user computing, you know, employees and businesses uh, utilizing devices to get their job done. So um, related to the focus on these uh, solution areas, we started realizing that 
Chromebooks and Chrome OS devices were starting to make make inroads into businesses, gravitating around uh, you know some of the solution areas, some of the areas that we eventually kind of leaned into, like like virtualization. Great great endpoint for virtualization. Like if you've already taken the time to invest in virtualized infrastructure. This is a really great endpoint because it makes that, ver- that investment even more powerful. You can run, you know, whatever type of virtual virtualized client on a Chromebook. The endpoint is super easy to manage. You can deploy it remotely. Um, it's super secure. So it gives you that layer of, of better management, performance, and security on top of your existing virtualization stack. Then we started seeing, you know, similar adoption in the contact center space. Um, and, and what was driving some of this adoption were some interesting trends that were in play, I would say, before the pandemic and that just accelerated like through the stratosphere during the pandemic. Uh, number one was this notion of um, more mobility and more remote and flexible work. You believe it or not, I think now we look at you know, post-pandemic as we're kind of emerging. Well, of course, you know, remote work is going to be a thing that's here to stay. But before the pandemic, there were several organizations that were starting to explore these types of um, you know, remote and hybrid work uh, environments as either ways to attract talent or as ways to give employees more flexibility. And so we started seeing, you know, this as a trend and, you know, I'm going to deploy um, a medium-sized business. I've already virtualized. I want to have my employees be able to work from different parts of, you know, the, the country, the region, whatever it is, different times of the year. Chromebook's perfect for that, right? Mobile, cloud-based endpoint. The second thing we're starting to see was more more of a move to the web. And so, you know, I mentioned virtualization, but that tended to be a bit of a stepping stone towards web and SaaS adoption more and more increasingly. Rather than running software on a device, why don't I run that software in the cloud? And as, as more and more SaaS companies, we have also the SaaS explosion the last decade, um, started becoming more and more integral to the operations of businesses. That was a shift that was kind of underway. And interestingly enough, in the contact center space, huge explosion of CCAS, contact center as a solution provider. So it's one category where we saw this explosion of SaaS really driving more and more adoption. And then security. Like that was becoming an increasingly challenging thing to manage. Data protection. I mean, we've all heard all the headlines of exploits and ransomware and so on. You take a step back and you look at our devices and our platform. It's really built for that. So the pandemic effectively accelerated those trends. And not only did it accelerate those trends, it accelerated our adoption alongside those trends in these particular solution areas like virtualization and contact center. So that's a bit of context in terms of you know, some of the trends that we were seeing, why we started gravitating a bit more towards virtualization and contact centers, um, and how the pandemic really helped accelerate that in many ways. Um, now, when we look at the return to physical spaces, kind of as we're emerging from, from, from the pandemic, we also noticed some other interesting trends in terms of what customer employee expectations are doing this return to physical space. Uh, first trend was that customers over the course of the pandemic had a lot of self-service options. Now they have self-service expectations. They're just not, it's, it's table stakes now. Um, 86%, I think, was uh, was the latest stat that I saw from one of our, our internal research um, uh, internal research that we did. 86% of customers expect self-service. That, that number has shot up dramatically from just two and a half years ago. 
across retail, across food services. If I'm going to go back to physical space, I expect self-service in some capacity, right? It's augmenting the physical experience in, in retail and, and, and physical uh, footprints. Switching gears to employees, employees returning to the office also have very shifted expectations. Think something like uh, 81% of CIOs said that they fully expect to redefine the workspace in the next five years. Because rather than just coming to work and doing things that I have become very efficient at doing on you know a Google Meet, for example, video conferencing. If I'm going to go to work, I want to I want to interact with my coworkers in spaces and places in a different manner than just what I can replicate on, on a, on a two-dimensional video conference. And so these two trends, um, I think, kind of combined, and we saw more and more appetite to use Chrome OS to really drive physical displays and digital displays and self-service types of interfaces in the physical footprint. And so we started leaning more and more into what can we do, similar to the other solutions that we already rolled out, virtualization and then contact center last September. What can we do to really work with our ecosystem of partners? So hardware manufacturers, peripheral manufacturers, features and capabilities that we can build into Chrome OS to make it easier for you as a business to adopt it for your kiosk and digital signage strategy. And and we recently announced that overarching kiosk solution uh, just last week. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Yeah. And, and we've, I was, I was trying to pull up our stuff over here that we had written some about this, but like for, for the general consumer or, or for the, the average person that might be going out and interacting with, with a business or, or interacting with, you know, um, uh, a kiosk somewhere, you, you know, Chrome OS is amazing because it's web-based, right? And we can do all of these cool things on, on Chrome OS and have all of these sorts of uh, unique experiences. Like, what might someone see with a uh, a kiosk? I mean, are, are these going to be limited to, like... I'm just wondering, like, what the use cases might be. Like, what are the main areas you're targeting? Or, like, what are the experiences that people might have with the Chrome OS kiosk? Will they ever, will, will they ever even know that it's running Chrome OS? Probably not, I'm assuming. Right? That, that last point is actually very relevant because it, most of the time they're not going to know. They're, they're going to see a screen, um, large screen, curved screen, very immersive screen, all the way down to a kiosk at you know, large food services, fast food, uh, multinational companies where I can just go and hit a couple of buttons and get, you know, get a pizza, get uh, tacos, get whatever it is. So um, we kind of divide this, the, the, um, the overall space into kind of a few, few categories. One is signage. And this is primarily informational signage or advertising, end caps, um, but mainly for informational and guidance to to users. And, and if you kind of click into the, the kiosk digital signage space, this is kind of how the, the, the broader market looks at it, too. And then we divide it into the second broad category of interactive kiosks. And this is where we're seeing a lot more uh, lines blurring between just signs that have, you know, restaurant menus or advertisements in physical spaces to 
I can maybe scan the QR code and get a promotion all the way down to, as I am mentioning earlier, ordering something and getting it right there, transactional kiosks. But in, in many instances, um, these are all encased and branded by the companies that's, that, that are deploying them. Um, sometimes they build out, you know, very specialized uh, screens and cell spa- shelf spaces and, and um uh, uh, frames to actually mount these these displays and kiosks, and they're starting to become more and more embedded into uh, the actual physical space, almost to a point where you, you kind of just expect it to be naturally integrated into. You know, you're seeing uh, products in a grocery store, and then there's going to be a sign there, and then you're going to see more products. It just feels very, very natural. But to go back to your first point, most of the time, users aren't even going to know that it's a Chrome device driving that. Yeah, which is amazing. That's so cool. Are these mainly getting powered like on the back end? Are these um, are these like fully integrated devices that are getting like custom built, or is there a screen in a Chrome box or a Chrome bit? You know, we used to we used to see the Chrome bits and the and and you know getting used for this uh, for a lot of this sort of stuff or. We even have a, I don't even know the brand of it. I'd have to go look. We have a little just tablet type display kiosk thing that we use to display our analytics. So in the office, when we walk by the refrigerator, we have sitting on top a nice little display and it shows all of our analytics and we can have a quick glanceable look at how things are doing, right? So are the, are they these like integrated uh, uh, all-in-one type devices that are getting built and custom or is it that... And what I'm at, what the what I'm getting at here is, if a small or medium sized business, more specifically, wants to roll out something like this, can they, you know, have a, a Chrome box that's powering this? Can they have a, you know, whatever um, that is that is powering a solution like this, or is it, you know, more more integrated solutions that you all are focusing on? That is a great question. Um, it. I'll start by saying that we have a really broad portfolio. We're actually really excited about that broad portfolio because, as a business. We give you the opportunity, and this is where we're working with our, our OEM uh, manufacturing partners. There are devices at every price point, every capability level, and um, that includes things like in the kiosk and signage space, you know, fanless devices, ruggedized devices, devices that have a lot more ports, so you can plug them into screens, uh, peripherals for, for USB. So really kind of across the spectrum of both price point, um, uh, build quality, capabilities, we have devices that can meet pretty much the need of, 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 of any use case that's out there. And in addition to that, so those are all Chrome OS specific devices, also super excited as part of the announcement last week. Chrome OS Flex is a key part of our overarching strategy here in the, in the, in the signage space. And for your viewers and listeners who might not know what Flex is, um, Flex is the, it, it's, it's a software that allows you to pretty much install Chrome OS on any device out there, Windows, Mac, etc. And so that gives us really broad reach into any kind of device and form factor that might be out there. Sometimes organizations have very specific relationships with OEMs, and they might have a very particular device that they have in mind. It might not necessarily be a Chrome OS equivalent of that. Well, guess what? Now you can get all the benefits of Chrome OS, security, remote manageability, um, and new SKU, which we, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about this. All of the vetted uh, ISV partners that work integrated into, in, into our devices, install it onto any Windows device you want, and that can be part of your overarching portfolio.
So you mentioned the SKUs. Uh, so what is, for, for those listening, uh, or, or a small business that's listening, or a medium-sized business, or whatever, uh, what do you mean by that? Like, you, you can get a different SKU. Yeah, it's a good, good point. Let, let, me, let me explain that a little bit. So uh, on the commercial or enterprise side, we have um, enterprise capabilities or management capabilities and underlying um, uh, OS-level capabilities that are unlocked by uh, different SKUs that you as an organization can purchase uh, at different tiers. And so um, the main one that we look at for end-user computing, I was talking about contact center virtualization, is something that we call Chrome Enterprise Upgrade. And that's something that we rolled out a while ago. And it gives organizations the ability to get all the user benefits of Chrome OS, but then now you have all the, all the management capabilities. So user managing user profiles, application configurations, um, device profiles, device policies, uh, login, authentication, everything that a business is going to need to safely and securely integrate our endpoints into their operation. So that's the Chrome Enterprise Upgrade SKU. For kiosk and signage, we just announced a SKU last week called the Kiosk and Signage Upgrade. And that SKU is targeted specifically for that kiosk and signage use case that we've been talking about. And it's $25, and that's half the price of the enterprise upgrade SKU. Uh, And what you get for that $25 is everything you need to manage your kiosk and signage deployment globally. So device policies, um, uh, device configurations, application configurations, ability to remote into devices, everything you need to manage it, minus any user, uh, end user uh, capabilities and end user profiles, which is really what the, the uh, Chrome Enterprise Upgrade SKU is about, right? So because you, as we mentioned earlier, in many instances, customers in a grocery store, they're not logging into our device, right? It's effectively being used as a, as, as a, as a um, uh, uh, you know, interactive display. So that SKU, I think, is going to really help businesses look at Chrome OS and adopt it at a value point that is commensurate with how they want it incorporated into their overall operation. Yeah. I hadn't thought about flex and how that could apply here. That is, that's amazing. We've been obviously really excited about that. Um, you know, we, we actually have, uh, one of our early videos that I think is still, I don't know if it's on our main channel. Robbie might've accidentally have like put it on his own personal channel or something, but it was, uh, I think it's on a main channel. Uh, but it's, uh, it was, you know, how to get your old PC running Chrome OS. And it was, it was using Neverware, you know, which, which, you know, has, has evolved into flex now. Um, I had not even thought about that. Like that opens the door for, for a small business, especially, or even a medium sized business who maybe, like you said, already have, these existing relationships maybe with an OEM, but they're like, wow, no, all of this other stuff sounds great. Like I want all of this security. I want all of this. And now flex is able to just roll out, you know, and you can deploy this. That's incredible. I hadn't even thought about yeah, that. Yeah, we're, we're really excited about that. And and while we're on the topic, I'll, I'll it's actually kind of small, medium and large businesses alike. They, we, we see two opportunities with flex really. One is if you have an aging fleet of devices, replacing devices is expensive. Like if you've made that investment already, I think people go out there, replace them, unwire them. Sometimes they have to reinstall a new one. Um, and it's something that, you know, organizations have to do at some point. But in, in some instances, you might not be ready to make that investment today. You might be making evaluations of Chrome OS, other platforms. This gives those organizations that have existing fixed, uh, fixed infrastructure, go out there, 
plug in a USB stick, install Flex, you get the benefits of Chrome OS, just like you're saying. And that we've actually seen as a huge on-road onto Chrome OS um, when they do defi- d- decide to re- replace those devices. As you can imagine, um, once I get the, these benefits, once it's easy to, to manage, I don't have to com- continue to patch these devices. I don't, I don't see blue screens, you know, like I'm, I might be accustomed to with, with you know, other platforms out there constantly monitoring and making sure these devices are up and running. Now that I have Flex on them, I, I see all those benefits of Chrome. Most likely those customers are going to buy Chrome OS devices next time, you know, in the future, yeah. Now, the other area where we've actually seen um, uh, in- interest as well is I'm actually an organization and I want to, I'm deciding to purchase net new devices. I'm already making that decision, but for whatever reason, either aesthetic quality, build quality, uh, relationship I have with an OEM, I have my eye specifically on this configuration where there is not a Chrome OS device. Great. You can use, you could purchase a net new device from an alternative platform, install Flex on it, and now you get to have all that flexibility. You like that there? Like what I did there? Flex, flexibility. Oh, that, was, that was clever. <laughs> you have the flexibility of the full portfolio <laughs> of devices being manufactured, but then you can incorporate that into your, your overarching um, Chrome OS deployment. If, if anyone from LG is listening, um, we've thought about putting Flex on an LG Gram because <laughs> it's such an amazing looking device they they we haven't seen any uh development or any indication that they might build a chrome os device and so we we're like yeah we're just gonna go get one and put flex on it and see what see what it's like you know uh, but yeah i mean for for this purpose man that makes a lot of sense i hadn't really thought about that for these kiosks and stuff now one thing i am thinking about though in, in this 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 is is maybe not a, exactly what you all are working on now but i'm curious your thoughts um, you know, so many, uh, so many of us are now maybe slowly starting to get out back to restaurants and, um, I've really enjoyed, um, that there's a, there's a, there's actually a new little restaurant right here, uh, in our hometown gourmet burger place. Amazing. And they've got, you know, the, the nice handheld tablets, you know, they've got the nice bumpers on them. They've got the credit card thing kind of built in that sort of stuff. Is that an area that Chrome, you could see Chrome OS moving into, or is that, is that even, I'm assuming it's not obviously tied necessarily exactly to the kiosk stuff or is it, I don't know. Uh, is that, is that an area that, that you could see this being applicable? Yeah. Is it, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, and related to that question, we also oftentimes get asked, well, where does Android fit into this? Right. And, and like right. you, you Not, have yeah, Chrome OS too, yeah. and then you have Android, you know, Google, you have two operating systems. What am I supposed to do as a business? Um, well, the reality is we do have two operating systems. They're both amazing operating systems in their own right. Uh, the way that we've started to see, we're, we're really going where the market is taking us. And so in many instances, based on form factor, that's largely going to dictate the kiosk and signage use case. So um, we do see handhelds both in restaurants, sometimes if you're at a a retail site, customer sales associates might have a handheld device that they're using to kind of like walk around and talk to customers about different options and different things that they can look at. Uh, That tends to be an area where Android is doing really well. And I think that's totally fine. Um, You know, that mobility side of things is something that, um, you know, a lot of organizations are already utilizing Android for. So, uh, that is an entirely um, uh, kind of organically driven 
adoption cycle that has kind of created that, that, that segmentation. On the Chrome OS side, we tend to see a little bit more large screen formats, tend to be a little bit more um, fixed displays that are kind of embedded into um, you know, boxes or, or uh, designs that have been specifically created for kind of more of a fixed type of um, uh, infrastructure. And so that tends to be where the separation is. And over time, you know, there could be some, some overlap there. Um, there is already a point of overlap, which is that you as an organization could actually use both. And um, you can use them and manage them from a single pane of glass if you utilize our admin console or, or another UEM, um, universal endpoint management solution that you might have. You can you know, manage your Chrome devices. You can manage your Android devices as well. Uh, but, but generally speaking, that's, that's kind of how we see the segmentation uh, there today. And uh, you know, we'll continually evaluate that to see if there's you know, opportunities to, to you know, find more synergies with uh, our Android friends. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, like Chrome OS being able to run Android apps, like you can, you can, you can even maybe have some of those Android experiences from that Chrome OS device, um, you know, and and manage them all in one place. Like you said, I love it. You I love could. It. I should. I should mention though, there is a caveat there, which is that, um, yeah, there. We, you can run Android apps. You can run play, you know play apps on Chrome OS devices, um, but we're largely looking at that as more focused on our end user computing um, side of the house. So for end users, for, for kiosk and signage, we've considered it. Um, it's currently not something you can do. You know, run an Android app as part of your, your Chrome OS kiosk. Uh, largely, most of our partners are really excited about um, developing on the web. It's lightweight. It's easy to develop on. So most of those applications, or actually I should say all those applications are web-based or web technology-based applications that you see on Chrome OS Kiosk. And that's largely what we've kind of seen as, as the, the primary uh, development platform and largely what we're going to continue to invest in. Yeah, and we, especially with PWAs and, and everything that's happening with with the ability to kind of package uh, uh, web web applications, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely... Uh, uh, something that we always kind of advocate for and talk about in, in building like rather than building this, this Android app. I mean, there's obviously applications for that, or there's obviously times whenever Absolutely. you need to do that, but, but the web is so powerful and, you know, obviously, you know, we love cloud computing and things living in the web. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that would be the, that's always the we, preference, we, but yeah, thanks for that clarification. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I just asked the dumb questions. Cause I don't, I don't know. This is, great this is great. These though. are great questions. <laughs> what, what you're thinking is what's on the mind of our, our, our users and uh, potential customers. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's cool stuff. I do. Uh, I, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I do want to hit on uh, contact centers a little bit because this is something that, you know, when we saw the announcement and we were kind of thinking about this, it was like, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like, let's we have we have this this uh, this massive area where these folks are largely using, you know, probably some unsecure or antiquated devices. And now we can equip them with with Chrome OS. What was that path like for you all as you all were thinking about uh, contact centers and, and kind of what led you all to that area? Yeah, that, that was a journey that I, I you know, was, was a part of, started, examined a long time ago, two and a half years ago, I think, right when I first started on the enterprise team, um, you know, starting to look at different, different areas where we were seeing, um, seeing adoption. And that's really where it started from. We, we started noticing that... Um, Frontline worker, not, not to get too broad here, but I think the context helps again. Uh, we started seeing a lot of adoption with frontline workers, which is just a very broad category. And these are uh, very critical 
people in an organization that are typically the front line of your organization, whether it's for customer service, whether it's for sales, whether it's for field services, like, you know, field technicians, they're representing your brand and your operations literally on the front, uh, front lines, right? Also a, a broad segment of, of the labor force that has really not seen as much digitization or benefit from technology adoption as, say, knowledge workers and information workers have in the, in the last you know, decade or two decades. And so we started seeing that as, as, as an area of investment for a lot of organizations. And then double-clicking into that, we started seeing customer service, customer experience. We use the word contact center, but what's really interesting about contact centers are that they're it's almost a bit of a misnomer. It's evolving from this, you know, what you think of as like, you know, 100 people kind of in, in a facility just answering phones, you know, far away somewhere. Organizations are starting to realize that they spend so much money acquiring customers and then they shove them off into, you know, some antiquated support channel. And, you know, we've all experienced it. It's not necessarily the best experience you get when you, when you think about, you know, all the services you have, products you've purchased, and when you need support for them. Um, but most, most businesses are starting to flip the script on that and recognize that, well, we're spending all this money and time trying to acquire customers. Why are we giving them such bad experiences on the support side? And so they're starting to evolve and incorporate the contact center, what used to be historically be called a contact center, more and more as part of their end-to-end -end 360 customer experience initiative. Servicing a customer really, really well is an opportunity to delight them in ways that they probably are not going to expect. And guess what that does? That increases retention, decreases churn, increases loyalty, all the right things, right? As a result of that trend, we started seeing more and more adoption of more modern tools and integration of these, I, I hate to use the word contact center anymore because it's really evolving past that, um, as part of more of a strategic um, operation in, in a business. And as part of the modernization of those tools, those are all web-based tools. Our you know, partners like RingCentral, 8x8, TalkDesk, 5.9. I, mean, I, I can't even remember all the partners that we have now that are part of our Chrome Enterprise Recommended Program for Contact Center. I mean, they, they, we've just pretty much partnered with everybody out there who's a modern uh, uh, contact center solution. And they all work really well on Chrome OS. And so when we started seeing this trend, coupled with something that I mentioned earlier, I need to find talent globally. I, I, want, I want to make, give my employees benefits from working from home occasionally. This was pre-pandemic. Now it's kind of normalized. Like most every single contact center organization out there is like going to have a remote work strategy, full stop. So they're, they're going to be dealing with people that are remote. Guess what you can't do when you're remote? You can't have your supervisor walking the floor, helping you out. You can't necessarily know if those employees are in secure environments. You know, you're handling PII in many instances for, for your operation, customer information, credit card information. Guess what platform's really good at that? Chrome OS. And so, again, you know, the ability to remotely manage, remotely enforce policies, um, onboarding is really challenging. Attrition is challenging in, in, in this particular business. So being able to um, zero-touch devices directly from the manufacturer, have them shipped directly to somebody who might be in Washington State, in their home office, device shows up, 
They log in, cloud profile downloads, they're up and running like that. Do that on another platform, super hard, if not impossible. So that's why we started seeing um, in, in contact centers and, and customer experience operations, specifically as part of this broader uh, frontline worker focus of ours, a lot of traction. And so we leaned into that. We leaned into that uh, about a year ago, September, we, we launched our first contact center solution uh, that incorporated all the partners I mentioned, many more that um, uh, if you go to our website, you can see that hardware manufacturers, as well as peripheral manufacturers, headsets, huge in contact center space. So, you know, we're working with Jabra, EPOS, uh, Poly, all the major uh, manufacturers to make sure that all their headsets work super well on, on Chromebooks. And so that's the solution. And um, we're also excited about continuing to focus on that space. So rolling out things that are going to make agents more productive, rolling out capabilities that are going to make business managers. So that supervisor who now might be in a completely different location from their agents in the field, what are the insights that we might be able to give from the device itself that that supervisor might be able to see where their agents might be needing some help? Maybe the call channel isn't necessarily um, the best because of network latency. Well, let's give the supervisor some visibility into that. And now they can go back and, and work with the agent to say, hey, we need to up, you know, upgrade your network. Kind of simple example, but that's where we're, we're, we're looking to really evolve the platform is to make it even easier for agents and business managers, as I was explaining earlier. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think I've already said it, and we say it all the time. You know, Chrome OS is so so versatile, right? Uh, you know, as a platform, there's so many ways you can plug in Chrome OS and have it make have it make sense. You know, you can you can obviously really plug it into education and into enterprise and to general consumers who just need to be able to get work done, right? And 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 this is all very cool stuff and this is stuff that like I said, you know, is is kind of this uh the behind the scenes stuff that Chrome OS is doing that that maybe doesn't get, you know, as much uh as much coverage as, you know, the general hardware and services and features that we generally talk about. So Naveen, thanks so much for sharing some of this. You mentioned a website. What is the website if people want to learn more about some of this work that you all are doing? Obviously, we'll link it down in the in the show notes and everything. But but where can people learn more about uh, some of the work that you all are doing? Uh, so there's two different ones for. We actually have a solution site. So I would just recommend go to Google and type in Chrome Enterprise Kiosk or Chrome Enterprise Contact Center. It's going to take you to the right place. We can also link it directly in the show notes uh, so I don't have to rattle off a long URL. But um, yeah, that, that, we're, we're super excited about this space. We see a lot of opportunity with, with businesses, uh, working with them, making their lives easier, making their employees' lives easier, making their business managers' lives a lot easier. And so um, hopefully this is the first of many and uh, there's going to be a lot more to come. Love it. Love it. Thanks so much for taking some time to chat. And, and yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll catch up again soon and, and share some more uh, exciting news of things you all are working on. So thanks for taking the time. Thank you, Joe. It's been a pleasure. See you. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.